just knowing one person that does something differently and just seeing another way that things can be done, that can be enough to help you go after that too. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Well, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski. Thanks for coming back and listening. You know, I love that as this podcast has evolved over time, I've been introduced to lots of really cool different people. And um, it hasn't always been the one, you know, one thing that we talk about. I think that, um, again, I love that. I love connecting with others sharing people's story. And um, I met Lisa, who I'm bringing to you today, uh, through another gal that I met on LinkedIn. And um, she thought that her story would be great to share. And um, I think it is too. I mean, think about like it is right the end of hopefully right the end of this pandemic, this silly time where things have been disrupted. And we're seeing more and more that people are quitting their jobs, they're leaving, they're moving. I know I live in Illinois, lots of people have left the state, you know, for something different or for getting rid of things that don't serve them. And Lisa's done that. Lisa Jacobs is, um, I'm going to let her tell her story, but she has, she's an awesome influencer and you're going to learn about her life, but she decided to change things around, disrupt things, right? And get rid of things that didn't serve her. And um, she now has a wonderful life of living in a van at times. And sometimes, um, again, she'll tell your story of, of her story of staying put sometimes, but really gave everything up in that idea of what her life should look like based on somebody else's ideas and decided to live her life the way that she wanted to. So I'm excited that that long introduction, um, Lisa Jacobs, thanks for reaching, joining me today. I'm really excited to um, learn more about you and share your story with my audience. Thank you so much, Moira. I'm very grateful and excited to be here and excited for the conversation. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you were from Illinois, right? And uh, just north of me grew up. And um, so why don't you start again, as we start most of these podcasts, start with your story, um, kind of how um, things were and why you decided to make a change. And we'll just start from there. Great. Perfect. Um, Yeah. So I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, Buffalo Grove, Skokie, Evanston, that whole area. And, um, you know, I think my story is one that a lot of us can really connect to because it. <laughs> I wanted to do something creative as a child. I wanted to act and perform and follow my creative dreams. And that is the one thing that everyone will tell you, you cannot do, (laughs) you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, oh, that? nope, you can't do that. (laughs) So I decided to listen to my father who said that I needed to be a lawyer to be successful. And 
I went down that path and like so many of us do following this path of corporate life, um, doing these very few things, lawyer, doctor, architect to be successful. And of course was not happy. And then started to realize that I could do whatever I wanted. And the people who wrote these rules about life are not happy (laughs) themselves. So why am I listening to them? And then I decided to quit my job and move into a camper van. And that was four years ago. So I've been traveling the country nomadically ever since. Yeah, which is really cool. I, again, the gal that I connected with um, had listened to a podcast of mine and um, is a digital, you guys call yourself digital nomads. Um, She's a digital nomad living, what, in Bali right now, which Mm -hmm. sounds so cool and exciting (laughs) to me who loves to travel. And um, again, there's more of that with all of this remote learning, remote working, people can. I mean, I found that, you know, we vacation up in Michigan every summer. And when we were up there this last summer, uh, we went out to dinner with um, a realtor couple that we befriended years ago when we bought a townhouse and then sold it and then found a rental. And they said, boy, it's been busy because people who had maybe a summer home they decided to just, they could work from anywhere. So they were going to come up to their summer home and be there during the winter and things like that. So people are really moving around and doing different things. And with technology, it's pretty exciting to do that. But I want to go back to, because I know you spoke when we first talked about, like about your parents, because, you know, I'm a recovering codependent and, you know, did many things in my life, acted certain ways so that I could please. So my mother and father were happy. Right. And, um, I know that I think your parents have both passed, but, you know, talk a little bit about um, just that decision to, to make that decision to go against your parents' wishes. And, you know, what did that feel like? What did that look like? Um, You know, did it take you a while to make that decision or how'd you come about to say, Hey, I'm mom and dad. I love you. Perhaps you said that. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. (laughs) Let's talk about, let's talk about that. Yeah. You know, it's, we like to romanticize this, these stories, right? Like, oh, I was a lawyer. And then one day I said, screw this and moved into a camper van and drove into the sunset. And of course, you know, there's years and small decisions and choices that I made along the way that took me down this path. And so for a long time, I was sort of quietly breaking the rules without anyone really knowing. So I went to law school at University of Texas in Austin, and I graduated in 2010, which for the law industry, industry for the big firms, that was a very difficult time with the financial, everything falling apart with the housing industry. And so a lot of people that were getting these traditional big firm jobs were without a job. They had offers, then all of a sudden the offers disappeared. I never wanted one of these big firm jobs, but I benefited from the fact that there were a lot of other opportunities being presented to lawyers in lieu of this mainstream option kind of falling apart. So I started to do contract work and, you know, working at the Austin Film Society and doing little things that were sustaining me without actually having to have a full-time job. And I had an opportunity at one point to move to Toronto and work with the company and have that typical, you know, probably $200,000 starting salary, big firm job. 
And that was really, I look back and that was really crossroads where I made a really big decision to, that led me down this path now, because I thought I needed to say yes to that because of course, you know, I'm making pennies on the dollar. I a hundred grand in debt. Like, of course I have to say yes to this, but then I decided to say no. And I just started, I had four or five different side gig jobs and was making way less money, but had tons of freedom and started realizing that I could hack the system by doing it that way. And that the freedom of my time was so valuable and that I could actually do other things to make money with that free time. So no one really knew that I did that at the time. (laughs) I didn't really announce that to my parents uh, and I didn't even really realize what I was doing. I just knew that I was doing something that felt right to me. And I've made many choices like that over the years that have chosen my freedom, a freedom of time, freedom of place over just a big paycheck. And, you know, when I started moving, living in a van, my dad was still alive. My mom passed away, which really propelled me to, to say, screw this to everything and follow my creative passions. And my dad was still alive. And every time I would see him, he'd be like, are you sure you don't want to go back to being a lawyer? (laughs) And every time I would say, no, I, no, not at all. And he, and every single time, same thing, same thing. He just couldn't see outside of the scope of what he thought was the goal. Well, and, you know, I think when we look back, like once we get through um, like this generation, if you will, or like, like say for instance, like my children, when they have children and they're growing up, you know, I think there'll be more acceptance of, you know, when they go through school, like you don't have to do the traditional job and the lawyer, doctor, you know, accountant kind of thing. You can do whatever you want to do, right? Because that's what things are kind of moving towards. Um, and, that's what I love about being an entrepreneur myself. I kind of stumbled upon it as I was trying to help my family get healthy. And then I, all of a sudden, 21 years later, I have a wonderful uh, wellness business, but that freedom, just what you said, that freedom of time and location, like really I can work from anywhere. I can work up in that Michigan place. And when I'm on vacation or plan my schedule. I'm going to ballroom dance after we get off this. That's why that's my appointment that I have that I told you. So, you know, we can, it's for me, I can completely relate to that because I love that, that freedom, but also something else that we talked about that I thought was interesting is that, and I saw like, as my parents, it's like an idea of home, right. And location, like you said, location. Now I can work from anywhere, but I still have a home here that I come back to when we live here. And, you know, I saw as my parents sold their house of 39 years and moved into a senior living community in an apartment, it was just, and we're not a family that really moved around a lot. We moved from Massachusetts. I was born in Michigan, lived in Massachusetts, and then moved to um, the Midwest when I was in high school. And my parents, you know, had that home for 39 years after that. And so we never really moved around. So it was kind of this interesting dynamic of watching them like, like, like physically go through their stuff and emotionally go through that stuff and like give it away or throw it out or things like that. And I see, it was tough on my parents and it made me think about like, yeah, I mean, we all know, right. We can't take it with us, but it's like, 
And my mom didn't want to leave. She loved the neighborhood. She loved seeing the kids, you know, that moved in and walked up and down and came trick-or-treating. And she loved that idea of that was her home and her neighborhood. And it was really difficult even when she, um, after she moved, like, you like it here, mom? And she's like, I don't know, not so much. (laughs) She just wasn't necessarily convinced that because she liked that feeling of home as a, even though it was very practical and it was wonderful that they moved there because she did pass at the beginning of the year. And now my dad's in an environment where he has got lots of friends and activities and stuff like that. But that idea of home, right. They, they like were selling, you know, they were leaving their home, but it really was not their home. It's just where they chose to live for 39 years. And um, mm-hmm. so again, I find that interesting that, you know, when you live in a van or a camper, I have a girlfriend that She's divorced. She sold her house. She'd been divorced for a long time, but she was selling her big house. She sold it. She bought a, you know, a small little RV. And now she's down in Florida. She's driving it around. <laughs> like she's well, I'm living with a friend now because the RV has some work to be done on it. And then I'm going to move to here and then we're going to go there. And it's like, I mean, it sounds exciting, but I don't know. I feel like there's, it would be like, okay, but where's my home? Mm. You no, know? like, where am I? Yeah where are my roots? Where's my home? And I guess, again, maybe that's just my concept that I've grown up. It's got to be a home roots Mm. and stuff like that. Like, how do you, I mean, do you have any thoughts about that? Or do you think about that? Yeah, I, it's such a fascinating topic and concept in so many different ways, because I think that, you know, there's one aspect of it where our home and our environment and the people we're around can help define us. You know, who are you? You are this person. You are how you're seen by the people around you. You are your place in this job, in this society, in this town. And that that is something that I see a lot of people, they love the idea of van life because they want to know who they are outside of the context of what they've always been. And so there's there's kind of like a two-tiered thing here. Like the first the first step I think is real that's really powerful is to release yourself from this concept of home and and be able to decide like who do you want to be? Like if you, if not everybody is there who knows you for years and years and all these things, all this context and history, like you can be anyone that you want to be. You move into a van, you go to Florida, you, you know, you meet someone new. They ask you what you do, who you are. You can choose to answer however you want. And you can constantly redefine yourself when you are in a camper van and in these new places. And there's so much power in that. And then I think that, once someone kind of goes through that self-actualization, then there's that search for community that kind of cycles you back where you think, okay, but I want, now I want to create a structure and a home for, for the person I am now. And, and it's, it's pretty wild, you know, especially as we all are becoming so nomadic to watch people love it and then to feel very lost because it's important to have that sense of home and community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, during the pandemic, my husband would say, oh, you know, I just want to leave, leave Illinois. We still want to leave Illinois. But, um, you know, I want to <laughs> go to Montana. You know, he just had he just kept bringing up the idea of Montana. And now 
coincidentally, um, our son is living out of Montana and building houses, which is interesting. But he just has always thought that Montana is very fascinating. And and I was like, I can't live in Montana. Like, let's go on a vacation, right? Let's go visit it, explore it. I love to do that. I love to travel so that I can visit a new place. But I have to be around people. And I think Zoom is great, and Ring Central, and all this Google Meetup and all that stuff is wonderful. But I get so much out of being close to people, like in that community of people. And um, and it was interesting when he drove my son out there uh, when he moved out there in June. And he drove him out there and then flew back. And he says, yeah, it was really nice. He goes, but I'm not ready for that yet. So it's kind of that, you know, like he loves that idea of all that countryside. And my son says it's completely different out there than it is, you know, in Illinois. But Tom's like, yeah, I'm not ready for that type Mm. of life yet. But I also want to mention, like when you said about kind of, again, who we, it's interesting to think about. And I invite the listeners to just listen to that again, that idea that, perhaps how people define us to be right. And um, that's a really interesting thing. And when my daughter, there was a couple of years ago when she had left a treatment center and I said that she wasn't, I said, you need, you can't come home. You're just, it was a rough spot. She got kicked out. And I said, you need to find a place to live. I kind of drew a boundary and thought that that was the best choice at the time. And so she went to Denver. Uh, My brother said that she could live with him for a little while. And that's what, and as she started to meet people and as she started to kind of put her roots down and um, she said that to me, cause I said, how are things going? And, you know, Todd's me introduced me to some of his friends and we've gone here. And she said, it's like, I have a new life. She said, nobody knows my name here. And my brother, she said, you know, what introduced her? Oh, this is my niece. She's just staying with me for a while. It wasn't, this is my niece who's had an eating disorder and she's struggling. She got kicked out of her place and her mom wouldn't let her come home and she's living with me. Like that whole backstory didn't come with her. Mm-hmm. And she found that very freeing, you know, to a certain extent to say, I can just tell them what I want to tell them or what I don't want to tell them. And there was, and there was certainly some pop, you know, there was power in that there was again, a, a piece in it. Um, she didn't stay there. She is in Denver in treatment now, but, but I thought that that was just an interesting, really, just like you said, you, you can be who you want to be. I mean, when people say that, it's like, oh, you're going to have a secret, but it's like, no, like, do I want to tell, is it really necessary for me to tell people all of that stuff in my past? Even when my daughter started struggling and when my friend's daughter started struggling with her eating disorder, I brought up to my kids, I said, I had an eating disorder in college. And I remember my son, one of my sons said, why didn't, why don't we know that? Why didn't you tell us? I'm like, Mm. there really wasn't any, there wasn't any purpose in that. But as I saw that there was a a purpose to share that so I could help my friend or help my daughter to have that commonality and show them the hope that there is hope in recovery, then I wanted, then I want, then I was okay to share it. Right. So it's kind of that same type of, you know, Mm. idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it makes me think about the stories that we tell about ourselves. Like when we think about our trauma, we think about our past, you know, we all have those reasons. Like we know why we are a blocked artist. We know why we stopped dancing in front of people because in fifth grade, someone made fun of us and we never danced again. You know, like we have 
we know why, like, oh, I'm bad at math. I, I failed this one thing once, or I didn't get this one part in a play, or, you know, these, these touch points in our history that we've used, that we've held on to, to, to define us. Like I have social anxiety because I was bullied, all these things. We know our stories, but, you know, when you think about it, the only place that that story exists is in the present moment when you tell it. And I think it's really important to learn our stories, to know the doubts that you have in your head, the limiting beliefs, to know where they're coming from so that you can hear them, so that you can recognize them. But then at a certain point, I think it's more important to forget and release those stories because they don't have to be real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't have to be real. It doesn't have to define us and it doesn't have to be a secret. You know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I have to tell the story because I'm keeping a secret. Otherwise, no. Like how many times, again, if you listen to my podcast listeners, you know, talked about limiting beliefs, talk about my red light stories. You know, when I did my first dance competition, like who am I to be a ballroom dancer? Who am I to, you know, because, you know, and you know, the all kinds of things, the body image issues that I thought I didn't have. And then all of a sudden showed up when I was in front of a mirror in this tight dress. I was like, you know, but again, it's, I took a uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction course. And I just remember that they talked about in a certain section about noticing and just that whole noticing thing. I think there's so much power in when we notice, right? When we are aware, when we notice, because then there's power to say, okay, I noticed that I'm feeling anxious. And I notice that every time my mother says this to me, I feel this, whatever. Once we notice it and process through, then we have the power to then make a choice. We can either let it define us or we can say, you know what, but that was way back when, you know, yeah. or the, the gal in a course that I took, she said, you know, my father left when I was, I don't know, seven years old. I woke up one morning and there were suitcases by the front door. And I took that to believe that every man that I loved left. Right. So she went on to struggle with relationships. Well, she could put that story away. Her father chose to leave. That doesn't mean that every man that she loves. Right. But those are the stories mm-hmm. that we create. Right. From one incident sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I also just want to note that I think that it can be really frustrating. I think so many of us know our story. We know our stories and it can be so frustrating because there's a big jump between like knowing how you're holding yourself back and then actually making those changes. And I just want to encourage listeners to just know that, you know, even as recently as May, I had, you know, thoughts of like, am I ever going to change? Am I ever going to get better? Am I ever going to get through this? You know, and, and now I watched a video that I filmed for myself in May and I, I'm just like, wow, I'm actually growing. <laughs> like, okay, cool. You know, because that takes years and years and years of that. And, and I, I really encourage people to journal. I always journal to future Lisa. I make videos where I talk to future Lisa and that really helps me track my growth and, and give us credit for how far we're coming in our lives. Hmm. That's cool. Cause I, um, you know, I learned, have learned the power of journaling. I, I keep learning it. Um, I developed a journal and published that this last year. 
just as a simple starter journal, because so many people, I'm glad that you brought that up because so many people are like, well, I don't journal and I don't know how to do that. And so, and I love these beautiful journals that I see and different guided ones and whatnot, but I just developed a very simple one. And I talked about my routine in the morning and the beginning of it. And, you know, just again, it doesn't have to be, and I love, like you said, you don't have to like get to the end and all of our stories are gone and everything's great, but we can just start and journal a little bit and write about those certain things that we're noticing and what's coming up for you when it's, when somebody says this, or when you, whatever, experience this or whatever the case is. And I, I believe that journaling is kind of like, you know, free counseling for us all, you know? And, um, but mm-hmm. I like that idea of talking to your future, like writing to your future self, um, talking to your future self. I hadn't really heard that before, but I love that. It's, uh, it's cool because it's kind yeah. of like, again, there's something that somebody, I think it was at a church, but somebody was talking about just that idea of belief. And if we don't really have that belief, and have that visualization of what the future looks like, something like that. It's like, how can you help to make it come true or something like that? It was just something very different the way that it was said around the Christmas story and about belief and about faith, but just the way that it struck me, because we all know like the power of visualization and the law of attraction. And we talk about how it's already happened and we have the future self who's healed or whatever the case is. But it was really, I was like, wow, that's what it's all about. Like if we can't even imagine what it would be like if we were better or if we were happy or if we were not living with, you know, whatever the case, if we can't even imagine that, like, how can we really believe that and like step forward into that? It was just a fascinating way of somebody explained that. I love that. It, It makes me think, um, I had signed up uh, a couple of years ago. I signed up for a therapy app and there were some questions. And I remember one of the questions was, what would your life look like if all your problems were solved? And I just completely was like, you know, frozen because I'm just so focused on like, well, these are all the problems. This is the problem. And it's like, okay, so what would it be like if it wasn't there? And there's then then there's this other thought of like you know when you're facing a challenge think like what would it look like if this were easy and you know when you when you shift your perspective all of a sudden those paths become clear and you're like oh that's that's what it would look like if it were easy and once you see it once you visualize it that then you can get there Mm -hmm. right and sometimes once you take the first step like I was at a dance lesson the other day and I was working on this one spot and we kept working on it, kept working on it, got better. And then I said, okay, I also struggle with this place where I have to do this and then turn. And I did it. And he goes, well, that was kind of perfect. He goes, you know why? Because you got the confidence over here when we were working on this. And now you're more confident in yourself over here. So it's like that, just that idea of we take a few steps and take a few steps. It doesn't have to be the whole thing. We don't have to take, figure out the whole dance choreography, the first lesson, it's just, we take a little bit at a time and build up that confidence. And, um, like you said, a lot of times when we start to visualize, when we start to move forward, the path opens up. Yeah. Right. It's so funny. Um, noticing how difficult it is for someone to think about what they truly want 
Like, you know, people like try to spend 10 minutes thinking about what you really want. And then notice how quickly your brain is going to try to think about everything else. And that is the biggest challenge, I think, that's holding people back is just really thinking like, what do you actually want? Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. When we sit and we watch movies and we read magazines, if anybody reads magazines anymore and like, you know, looks at this whole concept of like, this is what life is supposed to be like, but it's like, yeah, yes. And no, not really. Like you can create your own, you can create your own life, you know? And um, like, again, like you're doing lots of different gigs, if you will, as long as you Mm -hmm. can take care of yourself and, you know, as I tell my kids, like, just be respectful and be able to, you know, live on your own somehow and take care of yourselves. That's really what the most important thing is and be happy. You know, it doesn't have to be this whole, doesn't have to fit into, you know, fit into a mold and things like that. Absolutely. I just wonder like the, the day-to-day things, like when you have a van, do you have it all? Like, did you, do you like convert a van so that you have a bathroom and a shower and a kitchen and stuff like that? Or do you, are there certain, and do you camp at certain like regular campgrounds? Like how does that, like, I just, I get, I'm always interested to know (laughs) those kind of details. Yeah. Um, I personally have essentially a little condo on wheels in, in a van that fits in the regular parking spot. It's tall. I think that that's kind of the biggest difference for me between feeling like you're living in a vehicle and feeling like you're living in a teeny tiny luxury condo is the ability to stand. So mm-hmm. my height clearance is six foot one. So I can stand inside and it is just this 10 foot by six foot space that has two benches that turn into a little desk that turn into a bed. I have a toilet that pulls out of a drawer in my kitchen. I have a sink. (laughs) I have a sink. I have a three burner stove. I have a little place for trash and recycling. I have a little mirror for brushing my teeth and vanity and storage. And I have a fridge. I have solar. It, I basically have all of, so in my van, I basically have everything except a shower. A lot of people do have showers in their vans. It requires a little bit more space and um, more water storage. So for me, I was always just going to um, the gym, going to different gyms. A lot of van lifers will have gym memberships really just to shower mm. um, or solar showers or, you know, swimming in, in the river. Um, it's funny because a lot of van lifers, they are, they're hobbyists. Like they're doing it because they're rock climbing and mountain biking and they want to be doing their hobbies. And for me, you know, I curl my hair, I wear makeup. I like to wear vintage clothes. Like I, I like to do those things that you wouldn't necessarily associate with someone living in a van right away. Um, for me, it was more about the freedom to just wander and do and be and say yes to anything I wanted to do. You know, I mean, if that's mm-hmm. the the constant reinvention, I think is what was so, so appealing at the beginning. And, and it's, it's just been really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now you do set up you do like right now you're not in your van. If people obviously can't see this, but um, so you're, you're in a, 
an apartment and you've been there for a little bit. So what do you do now? Cause I know that you're an interior designer. You're, and you're doing lots of, let's talk about what you're, do, what you're doing yeah. now and you know, what, what that means, what you're, how you can help other people, what you're offering to others as you've learned and you're doing your van life. Yeah. So, you know, for me, van life definitely is a way to save money. It's also a way to make money. I am very business focused. So I'm a real estate investor and that's what I started doing. You know, as I, when I made my first $5,000 as a lawyer, I was like, okay, do I buy a car that has air conditioning? Cause my air conditioning is broken or do I do something more interesting? And I ended up buying a house to flip with a hard money loan. And this was like my first entrepreneurial thing that I did and got into flipping houses. And that was in Austin, Texas. And so van life for me is a way to house hack. So I, you know, had a house in Austin for a while and I would rent it out when it was South by Southwest or a big music festival. And I would stay in, at the time I had an Airstream trailer um, that was under construction, but I would just would, would hustle, you know, and I would inconvenience myself in my living situation to make money through my housing. And through van life, I have been able to save money on housing. I haven't paid for housing since 2017. I own three or four properties. I own an Airstream trailer. I have my van and I'm a real estate investor. So right now I'm in one half of a duplex that I'm turning into an Airbnb in Tucson, Arizona. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making passive income for myself. So I just, I invite people to look at van life as a way to save money and to make money. Because I think that a lot of times as women, um, we're, we're not really taught to make money on our own terms. A lot of times we're taught to save a little bit more. And once my shift went from saving to making, I realized that I could create money in all sorts of different ways. And when it's on your terms, then it's only a beautiful, powerful thing. And I hire my friends and I'm employing people and we are doing amazing things together on our terms. And so van life for me has been a vehicle to follow my entrepreneurial dreams and to really grow my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, again, I think it's fascinating. And, you know, the control part of me is like, oh my gosh, that's just so like, you know, I think again, the the travel part of me is like, I think that's so cool. Like before we go on a trip, you know, I pull up TripAdvisor and I get the books and I Google the things and learn about, and I look at them, you know, on a map so that I can see how things look and um, and I love to travel and discover. So I think I would love that part of it. But then that control of like, well, where's the stability, right? That where's the stability of things? But really, you're making it sound pretty simple because the stability is what you're creating. You're, and you're, it sounds like, I mean, you started with one investment and then you've gone on and you can, again, that's what I continue to talk in my entrepreneurial journey is like, there are way, all kinds of ways of making money. And again, your parents may not, you know, I, you know, I'm older than you, but you know, my, my parents are like, who are the same, you know, kind of generation. It's like, yeah, but that's not what you do, right? You're supposed to do this. And it's like, yeah, but these days it's like, you don't have to, 
And the power that you have as a woman, a single woman at this point to do that and to create your own sustainability, if you will, I think is super powerful, super cool too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It it feels exciting. It feels like there's, you know, so many possibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think again, I'll bring it up again. So many people are thinking of their you know, dissatisfied. The reason why I'm on LinkedIn is to just connect with others to show that, you know, to, to talk about fortifying our health, but also showing people the way that you can do things differently. You can, you know, I'm a former nurse, but now I'm in wellness and I have a journal and a podcast. I mean, you can do all these things. You don't have to do the traditional things, but there's lots of people that are dissatisfied. I think this pandemic showed people like it slowed them down enough to be so many of them are like, I don't think I really like my job. I don't think I really like the people I work with. I don't really think I like what I do. So people are leaving that environment in just droves. And but yeah. that's why I wanted to feature you because it's like, this shows people like not everybody would necessarily want to do this, but there is the possibility that you could, right? This is a yeah. way that you can live your dreams, have the fun, have the adventure and keep some excitement in your life you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I just, you know, I want people to, to know that just knowing one person that does something differently and just seeing another way that things can be done, that can be enough to help you go after that too. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think that's really what is so powerful about social media and, and why people love, you know, following band lifers, for example, because you see that it's actually very doable. The things that you, jealousy is a map. So when you see someone doing something that you want and your first gut is like, oh, I'm not there, damn it. Like, I don't know if I could ever do that. They're doing that. And you might repel it and you might have, you might, it might be upsetting to see that. But in honesty, your reaction is because you want it. And if they're doing it, you can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's, it's very powerful. I have, again, I keep coming back to dance. I mean, I, I spoke with somebody earlier today and they're like, I think it's great what you're doing. And I, you know, when I lose these 17 pounds, I'm going to go, I'm going to take dance lessons. I'm like, come on. I mean, she's lost 130. I said, listen, go do it now. Maybe that'll be your motivation to lose the rest of it. You know, I don't know, but why people are just life is too short. That's what I tell people. I go, thanks for the accolades. Cause people are like, it's so awesome that you're being brave and trying to be a ballroom or being a ballroom dancer. I'm like, thank you. And what about you? What do you want to do? I want that to be the message to people as I dance, as I do a podcast, write a journal, do whatever, like, thank you. Yeah. You know, I did it because I don't know, I was given an idea from the universe or the God that I believe in. And so I followed that. And I'm here to say, you can do it too. Like quiet yourself down enough to hear like what, and and like you said, journal, I would say journal, like what do you, what could your life look like if you, if you were happy or whatever the case is, right? Um, mm-hmm. um, or what, what could you create if you, if you could create a life of your dreams or whatever those, those things are. Yeah. And it, you know, I love that you bring that point up because it makes me think of um, the, 
the idea that people create these prerequisites for themselves before they're able to live the life of their dreams. Mm, yeah. And it's like, what, who created these? <laughs> like who you were the one, you know? Right. Well, and I said like the life of your dreams and that seems, cause I'm, I asked my husband, I'm sometimes can be like, to the extreme. So it's like, oh, the life of your dreams, like that's a big, like, no, you could just create a life that you are happy with, right? And that you're happy with for the moment or this year. You know, I know people that are out traveling, they're like, we're just going to do it for a couple of years. I actually have a client who contacted me yesterday. She needs to place an order. She goes, well, we're living in North Carolina for now. Well, she was traveling around. This was even before the pandemic for a couple of years. They sold everything. They still did their business from where they were at. But she goes, it just makes sense for us right now. We're in North Carolina. We're going to, we kind of set up roots and we're staying here and we're closer to our kids. And we kind of like this. Great. Right. You can make a change. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be this big audacious, like, oh, this is my life and my dreams. Just do something different and don't be, you don't have to be satisfied with the mundane. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now you, where can people find you? Cause I know you are an influencer as they say, people do follow you and follow your cool adventures. So where can people find you, Lisa? Yeah. Instagram. Instagram is my, Instagram has been my best friend for the last several years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, vacay vans is my Instagram handle V A C A Y V A N S. And that's where I really share my, my journey. And it's, you know, a journey of self-discovery and, um, making my own rules. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. It's good. It's good. And again, I just think back on, um, again, when I was growing up, when we think about Woodstock and the hippies and stuff like that, again, there was just, it's a different concept today. I think it's really, I just can't say it enough. I just think it's really great what that you're doing this because, because why not? right? Like, why not? And life is short and why not? And it's just giving me more, you know, permission to think about things. Cause we like, for instance, my husband and I are like, all of a sudden we're empty nesters. Like our last one left a couple of weeks ago or last week to go to the air force. And this will be the first Christmas that like, I don't stuff the stockings and go to bed after everybody else. And like, Nobody's going to be here for Christmas Eve, except for my husband and I. And it's just so kind of bizarre. But it is that thought of like that I've been really thinking about, like, okay, so what's Christmas going to look like this year? For so long, it's looked like this. And this year, it's going to look, and it's still going to be okay, but it's that my, for my own personal, like, acceptance of, because Christmas is kind of like my favorite holiday, like when everybody's mm. together and like I get to make overnight cinnamon rolls and make all this food for people. And I like I love that. And we stay in our PJs till we have to get dressed for dinner. Like, I love that. And it's not going to be that way this year. So <laughs> it's just, Christmas you know, sounds great at your place. Overnight cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Dang. I mean, come on. They're like the best. They're easy. And they're so divine the next morning. <laughs> so um, that and an egg casserole and we're set for a few hours, you know, yes. but, um, but again, it's going to be different. And that's what, and my husband and I, like a couple weeks before our son left, we went up to Lake Geneva just for an overnight And, you know, we were talking about like, we just need to do this more. Like we still have two dogs that are, you know, that are older. So we have to be careful with how far we go or who watches them, if anybody and stuff. So we're a little bit tied down kind of thing still, but it's like, now that the kids are gone, like, what are we going to do? 
And I said, you know, mm-hmm. we should do that. Do weekend trips, go to Michigan, Wisconsin, someplace um, to just kind of discover some other places. And we can do that, right? Because our life is different now. We don't have to take people to hockey games and soccer games and college visits and, you know, all those kind of things, you know, life changes and it's, and it's okay. Yeah, you know? definitely. Def- yeah. And, and we're always learning and growing just like, you know, with, with your ballroom dancing, I mean, you're learning and growing always, always, as long as we're breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was going to mention this before we wrap up. Cause I just thought of it. Have you heard of a company called pack up and go? No. You heard of that? Because just speaking of traveling, I ran into a girlfriend at my local health club and she had been in Michigan. You know, I've seen, saw that on social media. Oh, how was your weekend and all this? And she goes, I know it was great. She traveled with her sister. She goes, yeah, there's this company that you like, just go online and Google it, pack up and go. And you fill out this survey of like where you want to go. And do you want to fly or drive? And, you know, where you've been or where you haven't been, do you want to hike? Do you want to you know, do the, the wine thing? Do you want to do sports, like history, whatever, like fill out all of these things. And then they make your trip for you and you pack up, you don't know where you're going until the day that you leave. Like they send the stuff to you. And like the video on the website is this couple that's at an airport and they're like, where do you think you're going? Like, I don't know. I think we're going to Maine or we're going to Nashville or something like that. And they open the folder and their trip unfolded. That's wow. a cool thing. That is so cool. That is so cool. You know, it, it's funny because I actually used to let Instagram vote on where I went hmm. because I just got so tired of making all these decisions. So I'd be like, all right, I'm in Arizona. Am I going to California or am I going to Texas? Like you guys vote. that's cool yeah it's really fun I that's such an amazing concept because that's when you just say yes I mean Mm -hmm. that is when you're really living right right and you can just let go of that like I gotta know everything like you can set your parameters right of what you do and do want to do and how much you want to spend and that kind of thing but otherwise just let them plan it and I think that's I can't wait to do one of those I said to my husband I said well some weekend we're going to do that and I'm sure it'll be really cool. But I wanted to mention that because I think that kind of fits right into this whole theme. So um, I love it. Yeah. So I know we could talk forever, um, but um, we'll wrap this up today. And um, again, I thank you so much for sharing all of this. Again, it's fascinating. I'm so thankful for your friend who connected us and I will continue to follow you and your adventures. Um, any last words for the listeners before we we go? Hmm. Well, thank you so much. This has been really, really lovely, Moira. I really appreciate your time and everybody that's been listening. I really appreciate their time. And I just, I, I just encourage everyone to think, to think about what's possible. You know, just think about, think about what you don't think is possible. And then consider that maybe you've been wrong this whole time and it is possible. Right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's good. all it is. We're the only ones that just, you know, limit ourselves. So mm-hmm. anything really is possible. Life can look however you want and there are no rules. Right. 
Yep. Yep. That's excellent. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. And um, again, listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, reach out to Lisa and follow her on Instagram because she's got a cool Instagram feed and you can see what she's doing. Some really cool stuff that you do um, and places that you go. And um, again, thanks for your time again. And I do encourage you um, as you listen, you know, pick up my journal. There's a um, link in the show notes. Of course, it's a simple journal. It's a simple starter journal. As my girlfriend said, when she listened to it, started using it and there's links to my podcast. It's just kind of inspirational things to think about, but I encourage you to, if you don't buy my journal, just pick up a piece of paper and start writing things down because as we really start to write we really start to discover a lot of things and um, it can be something that can change your life. So thanks for listening. Thanks for always coming back and continue to share this podcast with others. So others can just hear these really cool episodes. And um, as you said, Lisa, so beautifully discover what's possible because there are some wonderful possibilities in our lives. So we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.